You're listening to She Likes to Go Slow. We've got uh, Mary Lambert here, and it's been a while since you've been with us. So thank you so much for stopping by during Boise Pride. How are you? Oh, my God, I'm so good. (laughs) How was it playing Boise Pride? Oh, it was just wonderful. It felt such like a, a warm welcome. And I think, you know, I think cities in places like Idaho get this really bad rap that like they're not going to be progressive or they're not going to like um, it's going to be a really small crowd for a pride. It was so packed and it was people were so exuberant and loud and enthusiastic and it just really made me feel so welcome. So I just yeah, I just have a very good feeling in my heart from from Pride. And you mentioned you had some family come to see you, right? Yeah, my grandma lives in Nampa. Oh, really? Yeah. So I'm going to spend the whole day with her today. Oh, how fun. <laughs> Are you doing Pride stuff or Boise stuff? Um, I, we're going to do grandma stuff. <laughs> Boise stuff. We're going to do we're going to do uh, Nampa. We're going to visit the the where she lives sure. and then just hang out in her Airbnb. We have a piano at the Airbnb and I am Mary the 5th. So it's it's my grandma's name is Mary and my oh. mom's name is Mary. Do they play music? They do. So this is where it all comes from is the Marys. How all play fun. piano and sing. Oh, and I, I wish I could see a video of that. <laughs> I think we'll probably make one. Oh, that would be yeah. great. Today's going to be really special. Well, that's a good point to uh, maybe throw out some of your social media stuff too. Where would they find that? If they yes. Um, all my handles are at Mary Lambert Sing or at Mary Lambert Sings. I think most of them are Sing. Like a command. Do it. <laughs> Mary Lambert sang. <laughs> I was going to ask you, you said it had been a couple of years since you played. So during the hardest part of COVID, was there a time that music wasn't there for you at all? That's a good question. You know, it's funny because I, 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 um, I'm in a new Netflix show and movie called um, I Heart Arlo. And I, I started doing voiceover work. Yeah. And so it was kind of just doing that and then I started teaching this workshop on body positivity and you know really trying to dismantle your own internalized fat phobia and uh so my work is been I'm I'm working on a book about that you know like I went from complete self-hatred of my body and like really resenting everything what I I felt like my bigger body was holding me back from and realizing that you know that was all sort of in my head and well it was it was it's social right we're all sort of conditioned to believe that sure um and so my workshop has been really incredible it's a four-week workshop I do online and it's helping me inform my my book, so I've been doing a lot of okay. research. So I haven't I haven't been playing as much as I as I would like to. I do. We have a I have a Patreon. We have a Patreon for our podcast, and so people that at a specific tier request songs, uh-huh. and it is my only time that I play now. And I actually really like it because it's like forces me to to play. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I want to get into all of those things that you mentioned here separately um, in the future here. But I, I wanted to know, was it kind of a dark time to not be performing? Was it weird for you? Yeah, I mean, it was sad. I, I think it was like, um, it was, it was just disappointing, you know, but at the same time, I also felt like it was a really deep act of compassion and love and care for each other that like together we sort of decided that like this is not this is not a good idea (laughs) to tour Mm -hmm. and to have people crowded you know and to be in in large large gatherings so for me it felt like oh this is this is this is good I I felt that it was a sort of a, a positive compassionate thing you know and I didn't feel like um that it 
it impacted me, you know, terrifically because mm-hmm. I've, I, I, I'm pretty remote anyway. So I have a home studio. So it didn't, you know, I was more, I'm more felt for other people that were experiencing the real hardship of, you know, not being able to tour if that was their main source of income. You know, I felt for other artists that experienced that. But since I've been doing stuff more remote, it, um, I just saw it as a, like an act of compassion. In the kind of surreal time that it's been, did you find yourself being able to be inspired and write stuff? Or were you kind of like, it's a weird time, I don't know what to write about? Or was it good to write because it's a funky time? Yeah, I, you know, it's so funny. I've just been immersed in, in, in academic work and like, and like just, and wanting to, um, uh, research as much as I can for this new project. So I, I think, it's so funny right now I'm just in a, a project based mode. So I just sort of follow what my soul is doing. You know, two years ago I was working on my poetry book and so I was writing mostly poetry and, but I'm starting to feel that I'm ready, I'm ready to start writing again. Mm -hmm. And I want to, the same work that I've been doing in sort of body positivity sphere, I want to translate that into music. And I would love to release a sort of EP or an album that's sort of centered around the body and, you know, you know, bodily autonomy Mm -hmm. and, you know, like, and the queer body too, you know, I don't know what that looks like right now, but I, I'm excited for the future. That's great. You said Boise was the first that you'd played at all in like two years in out two publicly? Years, yeah. I was going to ask you, you get caught up in reliving these stories and these emotional songs. Does yeah. it make you exhausted when you do a performance? I really, I really appreciate you saying that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Initially, when I released Grief Creature, I was like, I can't tour this. I did I did a release show in Seattle, and it, I I thought, you know, if this goes well, then maybe I'll, maybe I'll tour this album and I'll do a whole thing but honestly like that song is maybe the like the lightest song on the record wow. you know <laughs> maybe not the lightest but i i've it's i don't know how to not throw myself into something i don't know how to not give myself completely and like surrender to the song and the moment and the feeling of it that when i'm done playing i'll usually have been like crying on stage and and i need like you know, I need a solid amount of time to recoup and like collect my guts, you know, and um, and a therapist like on call. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's why so many people love you because you're really genuine and they can relate to that. You're telling some pretty heavy stories. A lot of people can relate to. Yeah, thank you. I mean, it also feels like I feel that when I'm able to be my most vulnerable self, it's also an invitation for others to be their most vulnerable self. And I really think that's what's going to save us all is this, is that ability to like connect on a real, on a deeper level and have, you know, that deep empathy for one another, you know? I love that. And just to bring things back around, a reminder, we just made a mocktail here in the studio (laughs) before getting started. So that's a separate video. If people are listening to this podcast or watching the video, um, go to our website, River Boise, and watch the uh, wonderful mocktail that was made for us before this. I want to get into some of your side projects now, uh, this workshop you're doing. Mm -hmm. What is it? Everybody is a Babe? Is that what it's called? Yeah, it's called the Everybody is a Babe workshop. I I launched uh, what I thought was going to be the only version of it in June, and about 200 people sign up and we had you know I, I do synchronous classes so it's all it's like a big group of us and there's like a really sweet little Facebook group and um I just I've been doing so much research that I have just 
there's so much um, knowledge. There's so much stuff out there that people have been working and 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 studying and and you know disseminating information that like I I want others to to know that our uh, our obsession with diet culture is. Um, is a construct, you know, like it's not your, your life isn't going to be better. It just, if you're magically thin, you know, like there's, there's like thin privilege, but you're not going to find that like true happiness with just being a certain size or weight or body type, you know? And I think we have this obsession with personal responsibility. And so for so many of us that have dieted our entire lives or have shame with food, it feels like I'm, I'm I've failed because I'm a fat person. I my my body is a is indicates that I'm lazy and I'm you know I'm I I have less worth, I have less value and instead of you know feeling like this is this is how this is who I am. This is how I am. How can I have like a positive relationship to food and movement that isn't rooted in punishment or restriction, you know? How can I just how can I just be and and not think about it I think that's that's what happens for so many of us is we're just constantly thinking about how we are being perceived and if if we look okay in this thing you know and the second that you're able to let go of that you're like oh my god I have so much more brain space to do cool stuff (laughs) yeah so what is this workshop like what happens in it oh so there's um a uh, on Mondays I do a like a lesson so I've you know this is it's part of the book that I'm working on, which is a handbook to body positivity. Um, so I do like a, a, a sort of lecture and I have, I have exercises and assignments that are of course all optional, but I feel like if people want to do this sort of intensive work, these exercises and reflections are really helpful. And then Friday, um, we all meet as a, as a group over zoom and have, um, you know, uh, what they call breakout rooms. So everybody talks about their experiences doing the exercises on Fridays. And then the last Friday we have like um, a dance party and <laughs> it's, really, fun. it's really cute. So is it like a month long workshop? It's yeah, it's, it goes for four weeks. And then I also have an option like someone, if they want more, you know, more in-depth um, discussion and uh, to have very specific, you know, a very specific experience or, yeah, want to talk about anything else, I do coaching too. So it's online and people can pretty much take it when they have time except for the live dance. Yes. Part. That sounds yeah. great. When's the next session open up? Uh, October. Perfect. October 4th. Okay, perfect timing. When it starts. That's great. <laughs> yeah, that's so sweet of you asking. <laughs> I was feeling, I'm like, I know this isn't like super relevant to music or whatever. Oh, that's I okay. Do, we want to know what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate it. But I think I, you know, my so much of what I do is rooted in identity, mm-hmm. you know, and the, my last album and the song I just played and, um, the song I'm going to play is talking about being bipolar mm-hmm. and, you know, what that experience feels like sometimes being at war in your own brain. And I also realized how much space, like my internalized fat phobia was taking up in my brain as well. And, like now I get to live this uninhibited, joyful life, you know, I just want, I want, I want everybody to have this incredible, you know, freedom from shame 
that I have. That's wonderful. And you've got all these projects going on in your podcast, too. You want to talk about that? Yeah. I have a podcast with my partner, Wyatt. Um, they are a professor of, um, of English, of grammar and rhetoric and composition. <laughs> and um, so they bring such an interesting lens to our discussions. And they're also bipolar. <laughs> so we called it the manic episodes. <laughs> Um, and we have, like, uh, we usually do a discussion. Our last discussion was about, uh, you know, bodily autonomy. Um, and before that was about greed and consent and things like that. So we talk about a range of issues. And then we usually have a really silly segment, um, maybe like uh, superlatives for the horoscope, like, you know, Aquarians are most are voted most likely to join a renaissance fair, you know, things like that. And then we we talk about things we're obsessed with, and then we read poems. So it's just, it's the ideal podcast. That sounds super fun. We will put a link to that on our site for sure. We've got to talk about this um, this series and this movie. I did watch Arlo and the Alligator Boy. You did? You watched it? I loved it. You did? Anybody with or without kids should watch this, the movie and the series. I loved... Especially with the parts, because there's so much humor within it, um, when they had all the people with the New York accents, even the baby in the strollers, like, trying to walk over here. That's, <laughs> like, one of my favorite parts. <laughs> what is it like to do voice work for that? It's like a dream. I mean, it really, really is. Also, I, I, I like, acted in high school. You know, I've always wanted to do, uh, you know film and TV and this was like the first role that really fell into my lap. I was really excited about it. Um, I am so anxious about like memorizing lines and voice work is just like the a gift from God. It's just the lines are right there. All you have to do is focus on like what's happening and it's really it's just such a relief. And I have a studio in my house. So I was able just to record from home, roll out of bed, just, you know, and then be in a TV show. Oh, what? Great. And give people a little breakdown of the characters in the show, what it's about. Yeah. So um, Arlo the Alligator Boy. Arlo is a half alligator, half boy from the swamp. Um, and he doesn't know where he came from. And he is just sort of mysteriously showed up there. He... He finds out, oh, my gosh, I'm actually from New York. He came from the swamps of New York and then floated down to Louisiana. So he is on this quest to find his dad in New York, which is, to me, it was like, oh, my God, it's like Elf. Um, And so it's like if Elf were an alligator boy. Um, And so it's his journey sort of getting up to New York. And he's very wide-eyed and has been, you know, kept away from society. So he doesn't really know how to act. He's never had candy before. Um, he doesn't, he just assumes the, the best in everybody. And I think he's just, just, he's a great role model just with his like, you know, unbridled happiness and enthusiasm and joy and just is, you know, he's a good friend and he meets, uh, Birdie. I play Birdie. She's like a 13 foot tall girl. Um, so she's also been ostracized in a way, and she has a little bit of a chip on her shoulder. She's been, you know, you could tell she's seen some stuff. People have treated her probably pretty poorly, um, and she's just super strong. She's kind of like has like the superhero strength, um, and so she protects Arlo from the rest of the world. She's like a big sister, and then they meet a bunch of other characters. Um, and then they end up in New York and trying to find Arlo's dad. It's a very sweet story. And then the series kind of picks up um, of them all sort of living together in this town and making, building a town and um, navigating, 
you know, really real stuff like burnout and um, it, being introverted in a group of people. It's Brittany's pretty introverted and um, it's just really, it's a really good series. I love it. It's kind of an animated uh, a musical and I love Arlo's mother, the, the Cajun mom. Oh yeah. And uh, there's so many little misfits and cute characters uh, within it. I love the stories that are told. So I really encourage everyone to, to watch that. It's on Netflix right now. Uh, Arlo, the alligator boy. You're so sweet. Yeah. And it's uh, Jonathan Van Ness and yeah. Tony Hill and Flea is in it too. Right. <laughs> it's like a really good Jennifer Coolidge. Really I'm like, oh my God, I cannot believe I'm in this. <laughs> in this series I really love the song that's on the the soundtrack for that that Just Another Night in New York that's a really pretty song thank you so much it's my first pop song since I was on a major label so did you get to write that for no actually the creator of the entire series is also a songwriter so he wrote all these songs and they're really good um, and I am, even when I was on a major label, I was very reticent to sing songs by other people. I'm, I have, you know, I have songwriter hubris. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I just need to be connected to it. But listening to Ryan's songs, I was like, oh, I can tap into this. I can do this. And it was just exciting to, um, you know, sing pop music again and and really try to challenge my voice. I quit smoking about two years ago oh. and I was a heavy smoker for 15 years. Wow. and. So now I feel like I'm able to access different parts of my voice, which feels good. Sure. Well, it's been such a pleasure, Mary Lambert, for joining us here in studio. Um, before we, we are done, I just wondered if you maybe had anything to say about Texas. Oh, my gosh. I have so much. <laughs> I thought maybe. What don't I have to say about Texas? <laughs> um, I think that this belief that it's just going to stay in Texas is really... Um, uh, naive and that this is going to spur a wave of legislation that is going to um, directly and harmfully impact so many people. Um, and I think we forget about the sheer size of Texas. I mean, it takes it takes like over a day to cross Texas. Mm-hmm. So if you're shutting down those clinics, if you're making it illegal for a person who's pregnant to have an abortion. Also, by the way, six weeks, that's a late period. Most people don't know when they're pregnant at that time. Um, so just, it, it's at this point, it's not about saving a human life. It is about control and about controlling people's bodies, particularly generally women's bodies. And we have been conditioned to believe that women's bodies are allowed to be controlled. And this idea that it's going to eradicate abortions from happening is so stupid. I like <laughs> there's no other word for it. They're still going to happen. It's just going to be more you're you're causing more pain and uh uh making life incredibly difficult for everybody seeking that. It's about medical help. You know, I I also think selective empathy is really weird. Mm -hmm. This idea that you would assign empathy to, um, you know, a a collection of cells rather than a person experiencing an incredibly, you know, difficult decision to make oftentimes. And this concern over, you know, these late pregnancy abortions, which, by the way, are only 1% of abortions. 92% of abortions happen before, I think it's 13, 13 weeks. That is... That's the vast majority of abortions. This 1% that happens during a later pregnancy is because people didn't have access to abortions earlier on. So 
you being concerned, people being concerned about this, you know, potential life is, um, the best way you can do that is to offer comprehensive healthcare, you know, and I just have so much to say, but it also feels like if you are going to say, well, we, we care about human life. And what about the 450,000 children that are in foster care? You know, if you care about children that much, then where is that? Where is, you know, mandated child care? Where is like comprehensive um, health care? Where is, you know, uh, maternity leave and paternity leave for people to actually care? It is like, they're not, they're not, it's not pro-life. You're pro-having, pro-birth, you know, and to force someone to go into labor because you think you should, you decide what someone should do with their body is absurd. And the fact that it's posed as this question between, pro-life and anti-life are you kidding me this is about autonomy this is about freedom this is about like what someone can do with their body and it's about control it is it is beyond me that that this is even up for discussion (laughs) well said and thank you for going there with this that was i went off the rails I was kind of hoping you would uh, because we want to hear what you think about that. So really appreciate it. And your songs are beautiful. Thanks so much for joining us today. Hope you'll come back really soon. I love it here. Thank you so much. Thank you. (laughs) For more podcasts, visit shelikestogoslow.com.